Hello and welcome back to We Not Me, the podcast where we explore how humans connect to get stuff done together. I'm Dan Hammond. And I am Pia Lee. You are indeed. How the devil are you? I'm very good indeed. How are you? You had a bit of a schmozzle coming back from <laughs> Europe. A, a one and a oh, half dear. hour plane trip turned into four days. Yes, two days. Yes. I, I, it, it was my second business flight in um, since January 2020 for obvious reasons. Just about everything we do now is virtual, but I went to see a real team, uh, which was an absolute joy. But it you know, I live in the UK. It was in Barcelona, but it took me two days to get home. Honestly, I felt the world is in chaos when I got back. It's just flights being cancelled. The next flight was cancelled. I ended up, yeah, it was trains, planes and automobiles, and I was playing the part of John Candy. Perfect. But it's perfect when you just <laughs> want to get home. But, you know, it's that chaos, it, it's in our world every day. And I worry slightly that we end up becoming a little bit... Uh, numb to to how we feel about it, and then the divisions start. The Roe versus Wade, you know, um, whatever your views are on it, that's going to be a division. It's going to be divisive the way that that works. Yeah, you can see that mechanism already emerging with the different states taking positions on it. It'll cause moderate people to move it'll call it's it's just just really divisive and i think if i look back on my travels you know i was in i was as usual counting the people i think i was in a queue of over 400 people at the airport and you know it just grinds you down you end up you know just sitting there so i think it's really incumbent on us you know what can we do about this lots of things but one of them i think is to really make a conscious effort to connect as humans be kind, be polite to each other. When you finally get to the get to the front, you're nice to the security people. You know, I think there are loads of forces pulling us apart, and I think we can do some things to to uh, to pull us together. I think that's so true. I, I I feel that the external circumstances, and sometimes this happens inside an organisation, but sometimes it happens in the world, actually do conspire to put to to pull us apart, and it, and it is up to us to really think about you now how how do, because we love it when we come together. We've got, we get a much stronger feeling about it, but there is this sense of sort of survival that we go into and fear that actually pulls us apart. Yeah, you're right. And, and, that, and that tribalism is deep within us, but it's not actually helpful for the modern age. Um, that might have been useful back in the day, but it's not actually helpful. We've got to be very conscious not to respond to those, those forces, I think. And, um, and our guest today... It's someone who's exemplary in this. Everything we've seen of Mark Stedman, our wonderful producer on this show, has been as a cohesive force in the world. So let's get over and have a listen to what Mark has to say about how humans connect to get stuff done together. Mark, it is an absolute joy to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you very much. Huge fan. Oh, excellent. Well, more than that, Mark, you, you're a legend in the studio here. Um, as um, there is, um, we, we uh, do uh, refer uh, to you a lot, actually. <laughs> so that we, it's only because the poor listeners, because you edited it out, but we we talk to you as this sort of third person, which confuses a lot of our. Our guests, actually. Who are you talking to, Mark? We're imagining things, yeah. And, and also, the quality of your work 
can slightly put off guests sometimes because they think it's we're incredibly brilliant, uh, but it's actually your work in the background that will make them feel brilliant too. So Stop it at you. once. We're incredibly <laughs> amateurish, actually. <laughs> Stop it at once. There are there are two things there. Uh, firstly, that I have been referred to as um, a little person who lives in someone's uh, recorder. So someone has one of these handheld recorders and when they were doing interviews every now and again, they would make a little note and they would sort of look directly into the machine and talk to me. Uh, and so tiny man yes the tiny man that lives in my voice my voice recorder and 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 had to explain to some people that mark is not i'm not just talking to a thing <laughs> and uh the 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 second point is that a job of a good editor is to remain invisible is to remain undetected if you can hear an edit that means i've done a bad job uh, or it was very difficult to edit because the 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 job is to it's if you're doing it well it's it's undetectable and you don't think about it. And that is absolutely the, you know, we are stealth, we are ninja, we are meant to get in there and make these changes and, and leave without disturbing a single leaf. Well, whatever you're doing, you're doing it very well, Mark. But and just just give us the backstory. How did you get to this point today? Tell us a bit about yourself. I was a tech guy for quite a while and uh, I worked in slightly uninspiring digital marketing agencies doing various degrees of slightly uninspiring things. And in 2008, I made my first podcast after listening to them for, for a couple of years. And I really enjoyed it. I studied radio and media in general uh, at university, but I, I specialized in radio. So I, I had this love, but we were also building radio, uh, online radio things, on-demand radio, the BBC what is now the BBC iPlayer, but then was the little Listen Again player that used to pop up. I sort of tried my hand at building something like that back in you know, 2004-ish and had a lot of fun and learned, learned quite a few things. And then over the years, volunteered with radio stations, helped them get set up, do some live streaming things, do some podcasty things. And as I've described now is that I started making podcasts or helping people make podcasts for beer and then... Uh, at some point, you know, I stopped being paid in beer and was uh, was actually paid in money. Um, but all through that, I had an actual sort of tech, you know, tech job. And the two sort of collided in 2016 when I started a, a media hosting company. So that's a company that where you actually upload your audio and that's where it lives. And I uh, finished working on that last year and and sold uh, sold that business and. One of the reasons was because I wanted to work more closely with people on an individual level and have a more of a hand in their success rather than sort of being on the hook for when things went wrong. Wonderful. Well, that is a very good setup for our for our episode today, uh, the connection with other humans. Um, but first of all, I'm going to talk to you a little bit, which is uh, to play the card game. And I'm going to randomly choose from this pack of conversation starter cards something a question for you to answer. And here it is. I would send... This is what I would send to room 101. This might be too meta. <laughs> and I apologise, but I think I would send my own pedantry. Oh, I see. Yes. Because it brings no one any joy. <laughs> me, me, none the least. I don't take joy in pointing out various things. And, and as language evolves and as things evolve through trends and things like that... The, the way we use words have meaning and uh, or they change meaning. And I'm not, I don't want to be a language 
prescriptionist. I want to be a descriptionist because I do think language does change and it does evolve. But at the same time, I'm like, stop using cringe that way. That's not what it means. And I, I, <laughs> I wish, I wish I could put that into Ruminal. The best thing, the best thing I, I, I came to was realizing that that is just a me thing, and I can be okay. I can be annoyed at it and just realize it's just me. It doesn't. It's not about the other person. It's not about someone using that word in, in quote unquote the wrong way. It's purely about my reaction. And so once you realize that actually takes the edge off of it. <laughs> but I'd still excellent. put it in Room 101. Very good, Mark. Very. We're on the same journey, I think. And uh, starting to laugh at those I think, I think you two would be good. cohabiting <laughs> Room 101 together, I think. Well, I'm hoping we're, we might be able to stay on the outside and somehow put our pedantry boat in there. But we might just be consigned, to be honest. Let's face it. Yeah, exactly. So, Mark, we're going to talk about podcasting. And I must admit, when we started this, we thought, oh, what's podcasting got to do with teamwork? But... I think podcasting is a very new media and medium. And I would love to know a bit from your perspective, what's the philosophy behind it? How did it emerge? Because it's definitely evolved. It's still evolving. Yeah, I think, yeah. To some, uh, well, I would say actually right right now for, for those within the industry, it is evolving with some controversy as well. But it was... It came from directly from the idea of blogging. So it, it is uh, all all of the technology is borrowed from blogging, and uh, in some ways, many of the ideas there are borrowed from blogging. As much as we often think about podcasts being true crime dramas, or my dad wrote a whatever the big comedy shows, the kind of radio shows, the first podcasts were were this. You know, um, not over the internet in this way because those things didn't yet uh, exist as reliably, but they were just, they were people having conversations and being able to make those conversations available to people. And that is the bit of podcasting I think that interests me the most. And so I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's evolving to become something very different. The technology hasn't, the fundamental tech hasn't changed. And that is, as much as I'm talking about tech, that is important because it actually permeates so many of the decisions and so many of the limitations around the medium. So very quickly, one of the big things that people talk about in podcasting is this idea of discovery, of how do you find new new stuff, right? YouTube, I mean, TikTok has now absolutely nailed this idea. It watches what you watch. It feeds more of what you like. And it just it just perpetuates. All TikTok wants to do is keep feeding you stuff that will entertain you and keep you scrolling. And YouTube is very good at that as well. Podcasting doesn't have that because podcasts live all over the place. They live in different hosting companies and your own website and stuff, and there isn't one central place. And so that, that causes difficulties. And so when I said there are, there's some controversy, that's because there are uh, platforms at the moment who want to own the entire um, widget and, and and own that stack, and so that creates friction. And then you know there there are camps now. We have the I'm in the Spotify camp or I'm the whatever camp, and there has been more movement in the industry in the last four years than there was in the previous um, ten or twelve. Um, when I had some f- uh, feedback last week about the podcast, which is po- all positive, fortunately, um, and I'm always open to the other kind. But this is really this is really nice, and and um, 
this chap said it's just it's like having you and Pierre in the back of the car with me. I, I listened to an episode in one direction, an episode in the other. It was, and it, and I think I've had that feedback a, a bit. Is what is it about podcasts that makes it so appealing and so has that intimacy? What, what's the what's the story around that? So one of the things I, I I hope we discussed, if I did my job right, uh, then we would discuss this earlier on. Is that I never like to think of of these conversations as as interviews, and so my my particular thing now you make my job very easy as an editor because you hit record and then the first pretty much the first thing that is said is the first bit of usable audio for me whereas i i actually hit record about five or ten minutes earlier and then i sidle into the conversation and there's different reasons for doing that but my my thing is i i it can be easy for people to so oh, right i'm in interview mode now okay i must give rehearsed answers i must be very careful about what i say and you two as hosts are very warm and welcoming and and so you you don't create that atmosphere but it's very easy for that to be done and so that i, I love that analogy of, of hearing you two in the back of the car because you two know each other so well and you've worked together that that comes across and there is an ease there it's like going to see a stand-up comic. If the stand-up is nervous, then the rest of the the audience is kind of a bit on edge. It's kind of a bit nervous. We want to know, even if it's their character, as long as we know we feel safe, as long as we know, oh, they've got this, like they they know where they're going with this, we can all relax and unclench. And <laughs> that actually, that that makes a big difference. We've looked at music as a key element and the, and the teamwork around that. And it does strike me that the whole experience of being involved in this podcast is is involves teamwork i mean it, it, if you if you weren't as gifted in the background we we really would have a lot of ums and ahs and quite a lot of um spoilt content because i know how much we just yeah you know, it's raw so there, there's that knowledge of just as you say that it's it's almost invisible. You make us look great. That's the job. That, that's that's the thing I was going to say. It's, it's like, that is the other job. It's, we know we're not. No, no, no. Um, it's it's not making you look great because you already are. It's really about, it's the thing of Barocca. It's the you, but on a really good day. That is the job. It's to make everybody just sound as, without sounding over slick and without going too far into removing every potential thing that isn't a succinct word, it's about going in there and just making sure that people sound as they would on like on, on a really good day. Literally, it's like you know those days where you just go really on it today. Like I'm really on my game. That a good bit of podcast editing. That's what that's about. It's not changing the fundamental tenor of the conversation. It's just like popping, you know, just making it a little bit smarter. And, and Mark, if we zoom out to, in your world and look at the you know how humans connect to get stuff done, what what's what does that you know, we only see a tiny bit of that, actually, I'm guessing. What what does that look like for you? One of the things that I've noticed now, and I wrote about this recently on LinkedIn, is that I, so I keep a, a journal, a sort of weekly journal where I write in every week, and I have them for the last nine months. It's got various headings, and I remove the ones that I haven't got anything for this week, but it's a way of tracking my progress. So there'll be stuff like, uh, this week I'm celebrating, or next week I'm looking forward to this. Uh, things that I wish I could have done, things I'd like to do more of, things that were fun. And then there's this people I talk to section, and that is so often now the longest section because I, as someone who does tend to work alone, is quite happy to work alone, but who also enjoys 
company. You know, I I, I live alone as well, um, and not that I'm you know a, a, a hermit or anything, but that's just the, you know the, those are the, the the cards I'm dealt, and so I do find myself not only seeking those conversations out, but appreciating them and appreciating building sort of a, a little council, a little, you know, sort of tribal council who can steer me in different directions or sometimes catch me when I'm having a, a day, you know, when I'm having one of those days. As, as I did on Friday, I ended up having two phone conversations with with someone who's become a dear friend who who just with a, a few words can, or just a different perspective can, can shift. And so when you work... Um, you know, yeah. In in that sense, you never really work alone. They're they're not going to do the work for you, but you can get these different perspectives, and and um and so yeah, that's that's sort of what what it means to me because I think the world of podcasting, although it is about two or more people most of the time, two or more people talking to each other, the actual production process and all that kind of stuff for what we do, it's pretty solitary. It tends to be one editor or one producer. You take a look at some of the larger organizations, the bigger Gimlet Media shows or these NPR shows, they have teams of people. They have several, you know, they, they will have a dozen or more people who work on one half hour episode. And you sort of think, really? Wow. Okay. But there's fact checkers, there's all sorts of things. Um, and, and they all collaborate and work together to create this seamless whole. Whereas for most of us, it is just, uh, you know, a solitary thing, which is probably why there are so many podcasts where they bring on other podcasters to talk about podcasting. <laughs> it gets a little bit recursive, doesn't bit. it? Yeah, we... bit. The snake will eat its tail. <laughs> and, and you've been thinking about, Mark, about bringing people together in, in this podcasting forum so that they're not – I mean, you're, you're moving towards that teamwork of how you actually bring people together because sometimes people might have a great idea about what they'd like to talk about, but but lack the confidence or think it's going to be a lot harder. Um, and I know that, you know, for Dan and I, like when we started this, we had a very, <laughs> actually, we had no experience at all. And so we did doubt ourselves, you know, and you were great at smoothing those ruffles and building our own confidence around it. But I think to do something collectively, and get everyone to bounce off each other. That's that's quite a different idea. Yeah, there's a moment from so I run a uh, a little community um, for for podcasters, and there was a lovely moment a few a couple of months ago now where someone was struggling with making a trailer for their podcast and the story that they had to tell was a very difficult and emotional one. And it was kind of the, the red thread to use a Scandinavian term. It was the sort of the, 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 the through line for their whole podcast was, was this, this life experience. And it was, I was asking them to, and I, I didn't really have a full sense of this until recently, how big a job I was asking this person to do. Can you condense all this pain and, um, <laughs> and difficulty into yeah if you could make it under two minutes that would be great and don't forget to, don't forget to read the call to action at the end and you know rec remember recommend the show and get people to like and subscribe and it's like once you've bared your soul do make sure you read the website address um and sound really chirpy at the yeah, end. Yeah. yeah um and 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 so this this 
this person, uh, I was chatting with our, with our group and this, this person hadn't joined us in the call and someone said, why don't you invite her? Because I was talking about this person and, and the difficulties that they were having and it was sticking with me because we'd have the, had the conversation probably earlier in, in the day and I was saying, you know, I'm not entirely sure what more I can do. I changed fundamentally the way I work with this person and now the way I work as a, as a producer um, because of realizing where I want to, be the most help and it is actually it's less in the the mouse clicking and it's more in the in the the the, the meaty human stuff um the squishy stuff in between and so we had so someone said on on our little community uh, meetup call why don't you invite this person in and let's have a chance to see see you know see what we can do and i don't know like th- i think three of us had something in our eye by the end of the call it was really it was really special it was it was emotional because there was just really, it wasn't necessarily about coming in and giving advice. You know, someone gave very practical advice. Well, uh, you should tell your story um, 20 times more so that it's, so that you've told it enough times and so that it takes the emotion out of it. And someone else said, well, no, the emotion is part of the story. And what ended up happening is we just showed this person how much love there was and, and just, you know, that person felt the love and that's how it ended. And then, it's sort of the rest of his history, and this person is now an absolute dynamo and is making huge, huge strides. And I, I couldn't be more, more happy and, and and proud of this person. But yeah, so I think when you get those moments that that can only really happen when you get a couple of people on a little call, you see each other's faces, and you you just open yourself up and trust each other. Trust is a huge part of what of one of the things I talk about. And I think one of the reasons that I enjoy working on this show is. A lot of the time I'm, I'm listening and I'm editing and I go, yeah, yeah, that, absolutely that. <laughs> that, you know, uh, we've talked, I know so many people have talked about it and I think there's a reason for this. The discussion on psychological safety, that, that original discussion, um, for me just opened up so, so many things. And it's, yeah, it's coming from a place of trust is one of the fundamental things that I, you know, places, spaces that I like to occupy. Mark, can we just, I'd just like to really pull that thread a little bit. Um, observing you working with us, but also I have heard you in these, um, talking about podcasting on podcasts. Um, and for me, the theme that comes through from you, and it just came through very strongly, is deep care and curiosity. And you, 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 you have this ability to flex you, you're, you're, to, to the people you're working with. And this is, where where did that come from what what's your yeah what's your experience of working in teams that maybe maybe it was innate you came out the womb but talk talk us through that that where how you got to this point definitely not innate i (laughs) i have so often been the the squarest of square pegs in teams (laughs) not because I wanted to be obstreperous or difficult, but I often found myself in that position. I often found myself in a, in a sort of oppositional position. And, uh, okay, I'll give you... So I, I've t- I don't know if I've brought this up with you before, but one of the revelatory moments for me this year was... So I've, there's a project that I've been long involved with for now 11 years. I, it's something I started, um, a tech platform that I started 11 years ago and I've been trying to like Homer Simpson backing into the hedge in that gif I've been trying to very slowly back out of it and I, I've sort of I'm mostly detached from it now but there was a moment where someone asked 
you know, there was something broken and and they they needed, you know, because there's a new sort of, there's some new guys who are trying to get in there and, and get the thing running and it's an outsourced team and stuff. And so someone broke something and a bunch of websites went down and I went in to, to start working and fixing and trying to figure out what, what happened. This isn't strictly teams related, but it, it, it will get us there, I think, where I... I I I started realizing I was sat here effing and jeffing and blinding and turning the air blue. People are idiots. What the hell? And it was remarkable that I just I stopped and I went, you know, that's a thing. Since I started doing this job, as even moving away from the tech side, which I I really enjoy, so I started working with individuals and helping them. I've never once called anyone a moron or an idiot or uh, or said they were wasting my time or anything like that. There's never been that. That's that's inter- you know, and I just mm. sat with that for a minute and went, mm. that's interesting. <laughs> because I have high standards. I have a difficulty understanding or perhaps believing that those standards are high because for me, they're just standards. Uh, I heard the phrase, I think last week someone said, Quoting someone else, one person's perfectionism is another person's rigor. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> for me, it's like it's not perfection. That's 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 getting the job done. Like that's the that's the job is to be at this standard. Yeah, and working within teams that didn't necessarily recognize that at a point in time when I wasn't able to articulate that. I wasn't able to articulate, like we talked about the pedantry thing. I I wasn't yet at that moment where I could say, okay, this is just this is me and my attitude. I need to be able to take some of that emotion away, strip it back, and then try and explain. And I always struggled. I always did. I always ended up coming off as passive aggressive or hey guys, can't we all just do this thing? It'll be super uh-uh. great if we did. You know, <laughs> I, I tried all the tactics. And it, it, you know, it, it never, it never landed, and I ended up being very frustrated in that role because I constantly felt in opposition. And there was, there was a, a moment of one of the lowlights of my career, just in general, was I tried to communicate to someone in a in a, in a tech project when I'd said, sort of, you know, don't don't worry about this thing, I'll. I'll sorted out was read as you're not equipped to sort this problem out. So don't worry your pretty little head about it. I will sort it. Whereas in in my thing is it would be more hassle for you. You would find it frustrating. It's something I know very well. I can just quickly knock it off. You know, you're on holiday. I'll just knock these bits out and then you can come and you can tidy it up and, and, and put in the polish that you want to put in. And, you know, I, I probably didn't communicate that well. And so when the person came back, there was this meeting, there was this all-hands meeting. We were a small team, small company. But we had this physical divide in our office of like tech guys on one side and design guys on the other. And that became more apparent when we we had this, this meeting, which I had no idea was happening. And it was basically, I'm going to tell you that this is unacceptable treatment of me. You know, like this this person said, you know, you you treated you were you were condescending you were this that and the other it called called me you know called a meeting to to enable this discussion to happen and it created such a toxic environment because 
I was completely blindsided because again, like I hadn't realized I'd, I'd, I, I was going to say hurt this person's feelings. That sounds more condescending than I mean. I, I, I'd, you know, it, it, I guess impugned this person's technical um, abilities, you know, made them feel lesser. And, and that absolutely wasn't my intent. The two of us never really got on anyway. And so, but it really did hit that head. And it was it for, for days, you know, there, there was the next day, no one said a single word in the office. You know, we, we all came in and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, no one said a word. It was horrid, brutal, <laughs> absolutely brutal. Yeah, <laughs> and I think one of the things that I, I I would learn from that later is <sighs> sort of like I said earlier, it is it is our own baggage, it is our own things that that we bring with us, our own preconceptions our own understandings or misunderstandings about our own, the, the, the ways that we communicate. And once, sometimes I think once you can realize, oh, this is my own stuff that I'm dealing with. It's less about the other person. Then it can make that stuff a little bit easier to deal with. But I, so I talked about being an outsider um, and, and I, I've always had a sense of, playing life somewhat on hard mode. I mean, I, I, I'm visually impaired anyway. So I, I sort of, I went to uh, primary school. Uh, so that's, you know, years, whatever, four till 11, um, at a very, very small school. You know, there were six kids in my class and about 30 kids in the whole school. And, you know, I, I, I enjoyed that environment and I kind of felt, felt safe there and, uh, wasn't a great student, ne- never was, um, disorganized and um often described as away with the fairies um these are all these are all little breadcrumbs that lead us to an eventual yeah (laughs) um and one in in the last two years they they had this program called integration which is they would take kids who needed it to a larger school a um mainstream school as as it was described and the idea there would be you'd be in a an environment with lots more kids and you'd understand you know because this is the world that you will go into uh, you won't you, you will no longer be in classrooms with six kids and so we did you know did that for two years and it was decided that for the second year I so it was me and another lad, um, me and another shy boy. We would go once a week, and then it was decided in the second year that I would need extra integration, and so would go out for a second day on my own. And there's there's an interesting thing there because th- you can understand from from a you know not to make this a, a therapy session, but the, hey, that's you know podcasts often go there. There is this interesting idea of. This person struggles being around people. I know what let's do. Let's throw More them at a people. bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> That'll fix them. That'll learn, you know. Um, so these these we have these moments of discovery that can really help sort of lift the scales from your eyes where you just go, oh, that's why life seems more 
tricky. <laughs> well, that's why that thing never made sense. Uh, and it's, you know, we now have some more terminology for it. We can talk about neurodivergence or neurodiversity and we can have a bit more of a shared language there to understand, you know, also understanding I am a highly sensitive individual. That is a thing. That's not just a descriptor, you know, that's not just three words. It means something. And it means that I have certain reactions, very sensitive to feeling um, judgmental, which is, uh, sorry, feeling judged, which is one of the reasons that I, I think you, you were sort of, we were sidling up to, to this kind of idea earlier when I'm working with people, I want them to feel as unjudged as possible. I want them to feel as capable as possible and that they can feel empowered, feel safe, really, really feel safe to go off and do something that might make them sound or seem or feel vulnerable, but to know that that comes from a place of, you know, I'm not going to go out there and make you look silly like that's not my job i'm I'm not out there to, to throw you to the wolves of the internet and say i've taught you all i know now go off and do the thing it's like no no i want you to uh, i will do what i can to help you so that you don't feel that and i think that comes from being very sensitive to to feeling judged and, and not wanting other people to to have that sense I think we can certainly say, couldn't we, Peter? We've seen the positive end of that. I mean, all through this experience, Mark, you, you, and it's great to, it's really interesting to hear where that came from and um, your own experiences. But the, what, the way it, that creation of a safe space for us and the, the encouragement of us to go out and give it a try and be vulnerable, actually it was, it has been the key to any success we've had here. I think, because we've never had that in the back of our mind. Oh, Mark told us to do that. Make sure you do that and that and that and that. Um, you know, it's had a huge benefit on us as a team. So it's, it, but it, the origin story of that is fascinating. I'm sure our listeners might be able to now just follow their, their own breadcrumbs back and just see, see what's happening for them, where they've got to this, this point. And, uh, yeah, a, a wonderful story. Thank you. The, uh, the other interesting bit about it is, and I think, you know, we're all, um, sort of roughly similar age group and um and from from the motherland it's an interesting example to about a, what was called attunement for me and how being attuned so you're talking about that sensitivity and actually being attuned to what other people's feelings are whereas what we <laughs> were brought up with was you're having a feeling stop it don't do yeah, that that's right. <laughs> immediately suppress that <laughs> Stop it. And and so when I think about teams, I think, God, you know, we are, I hopefully, much better attuned at, 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 at not just trying to swipe that out, but actually sort of taking that on board. And as you say, and then also realizing it, as you talked about before, that our judgments are obviously often in, informed by our own experience. And then what we've come to create is a bit of a house of cards about why we're so right. <laughs> about it, which is another slightly generational perspective. So it's I'm finding a really interesting thing now in my late 50s. God, I'm having to unpack the most I've ever had to unpack. Mm. <laughs> it's crazy. I thought that happened in your 20s. But mm. no, there's a lot of um there's a lot of plaque that's built up around the side somewhere in my life that actually, you know, just to just kind of go, okay, that's because the younger generation, which, you know, which again, from a perspective of leading people and being in teams, have a different different view of it. I mean, I think you said this on an email the other day, Dan, that you know, you're, 
your daughters will know that they've stuck, something's happened or that they feel something, but they'll say it and they're perfectly clear about it. Whereas we weren't. Let's play name that emotion, not suppress it like we used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. Mark, um, it's, that has that shed a lot of light. It's genuinely um, fascinating to see where, where your, your approach now comes from. Uh, you, do, you connect with a lot of humans. We, we may have covered this already, but how, how, would, you, how would you leave us? What's, what could you leave our listener with? If you are working with someone new, if you're working with a group, a team, a community, all the things that you do, what's some, what's a little nugget you could leave us with? Be okay with your own, your own stuff. Be comfortable with your own baggage. And when I say comfortable, I mean, be able to, be able to, to, to put it down or to ask someone for, for help with it. Uh, if, if, if those bricks that you carry on your back are feeling, um particularly heavy on one day you can it's it's okay to ask for help and if help doesn't come or if people don't understand then seek help from from those who do seek counsel from those who do whether that's a friend down the pub or whatever that you can just have have that moment to just put your bag of bricks down because we're all carrying them and sometimes if you it's it's surprising sometimes actually if you open your bag of bricks up uh, and and you sit with someone who opens their bag of bricks up and you can swap them and you can look at them and go oh wow I d- hadn't realised I look at things that way or oh no I knew that terminology I hadn't thought about that oh no that does make sense um, rather than uh, hold them so tightly and and, and think you know th- this is mine I must bear this weight alone this is what I have to do as a human being it's like. No, we can we can take these these bags bags of bricks and we can put them down every now and again and also recognize that it's okay when that when that bag feels too heavy sometimes and to to just look after yourself and just to go you know what stuff's hard sometimes and actually just sit with that uh, and 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 be okay with that and I, so I think that comes back to teams because when the weight of those bricks that we carry feels too heavy that's when we have those moments of being spiky or or, um, or not communicating something being sort of if we're out of alignment uh or you know if we feel unsafe or we create accidentally a, a space of that that feels less safe um and i think that just comes from remembering these are these these aren't these emotions these things that we feel these difficulties they're not us they're the they're the bricks in the bag uh that, that we carry and we have options there. As I said, we can swap and we can put them down for a, for a little bit and then, um, and then I can trail off, um, (laughs) as I so often do because there are no more words. That's marvelous. Very good. And the editor will sort everything. Yeah, I'll find, I'll find an edit point for that. (laughs) Mark, that, that just, I, I think that really goes to the heart of what we're trying to do here, actually helping humans to connect, to get stuff done together. And you've, You've just really reached in and touched something there. I think that that um, that it's so instructive, but also wanted to thank you. Uh, so it's great to hear your voice in this, <laughs> um, but also thank you for everything you've done as part of our purpose for those helping those humans to connect. So it's been wonderful to actually have you on the show and hear your voice. Thank you for being two people who 
who get it don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Stop it at once. I will. <laughs> I will. I will come over there. Don't, don't make me turn this car around. Um, for being two people who actually who get what who understand the purpose behind this this show for you. You understand what you want to get out of this and what you do and what I try and do is in pursuit of that. And I think that actually that sort of alignment of expectations, that alignment of, um, yeah, of ideas, of principles, of, of what we want to gain from this has a huge impact, actually. Um, and, and so I really appreciate getting to work with a couple of people who are like, and who are also good at saying, no, that's not an area that we want to go down. But to 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 actually fundamentally get why this medium is is so valuable for deepening conversation. So thank you, and thank you too. Thank you too. It's an absolute pleasure to work with you. That was quite a profound conversation. Um, you know that it struck me that, um, and I think Mark was incredibly humble about it. But he had some adversity in his life and um, chooses what appears to be sort of quite a, a solitary type of work on the on the face of it. And, you know, as he said, living by himself. But gosh, I was just um, bowled over by his warm heartedness and his team spirit and this just huge care for people based on, you know, on the way that, he sees the value of human beings. So it, it kind of, it, it blew a few of the myths of podcasting out of the water really. But I think, yeah, just the man behind it and what his intent is and how he's really giving voice to people, I thought was, um, was really impressive. Yeah. And I think he has chosen this. It seemed that he certainly having seen him in action he uses the podcast medium exactly that way to, to help humans connect and i really i i that hearing him tell his backstory you know when you <laughs> like the you know like the prequel to see where did that come from and hearing how you know his schooling and his early background could could have left you know left him with a feeling of otherness you know quite sort of probably a bit different but hey he's managed to instead of allowing that to take him in a negative direction he's really it's helped him to really understand himself and to bring others in and and his every everything he does is really aligned to that it's so so inclusive and caring it's um and it's it's great but it prompted for me thinking actually we should all do that we need to all go back look at our look at our line of things i think it's very easy for us to think oh he was partially sighted he had a different life that in there no we, we've all got something partial in our lives. You know, if we go back and look at it, what, what's our origin story? And so what, why do I believe this now? And so well, I've, I've really hold these beliefs strongly. I see life in this way, but why is that? And am I holding it too tightly because of that background? What can I do, do differently as a result of that? I think which ties in what we were talking about at the beginning, because probably if we all do a bit of work on ourselves, then we probably won't be getting into some of these divisive messes that we, <laughs> that we can quickly tip ourselves into, you know, which team do I choose, you know, A or B? And, and I think that's not going to solve, solve anything in that respect. And I think, I think, I think he was incredibly gracious and humble in the way that he saw things. As you say, I think that's a, I think there's a, there's a big lesson to be learned from that, from all of us. Yep, definitely. And, and, because these things harden as well. We, they, they have an emotional overlay, don't they? With things that we have from our families, we quite often, 
you know, call them values and then we stand by them. They're actually our identity. So we fight for them and, and things go a bit wrong. So if all of that, without being un becoming untethered, you know, we have to, we have to examine it. I, I think it's a good exercise for us all. And I think that it's seeing yourself as, as evolving rather than seeing yourself as set. And I think there's a part, Rand, what I like too is that, you know, he addressed that he had vulnerability, as we all do. And I think there's a, a we sometimes believe that we have to be fully okay, or if we're not okay, we have to get better. Whereas actually, I think what I've really learned, particularly over the last few years, it's messy. And just be okay in the mess sometimes, and you'll get some pretty pretty good gems out of that as well. And sometimes it's it's like the weather. It's sunny. Sometimes it's raining. Sometimes it's cold. Sometimes it's, you know, but it's just, but it's actually being rich in all of it. Because then I think you become more, which we've talked about with other people on this show, more compassionate. You stop judging it, which is really, you're just being fearful that they're not okay and everything's okay and wanting to control it. Never, never, ever come across anyone like that at all in my no, life. Like no, no, that. no, none of us. No, 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 no. far no. from it, far from it. No, but you're so right. I mean, it is always going to be messy. There is a, you know, I find myself doing it in these crazy times here. We talked at the top of the show about this chaos and I'm, I find myself saying, oh, well, when this passes, you know, once we can do this or, you know, particularly we've got a lot of stuff going on in the house and, you know, things going on. Oh, okay. We'll just keep working on through. When that's done, then I'll, I'll be sort of calmer, happier, be able to do whatever. That, that is totally the wrong way to go about it because it's, that mess is with us and actually learning to live with it is the, um, yeah. is the key. And embrace it. it. And yeah, laugh at exactly. it or exactly. actually go, go and have a cry about it or go out to the pub with someone, have a moan about it, but don't keep going. Don't, don't let it control you because it's just out there. It's just there. And we're all, um, yeah, we've just got to get good at it. That's all. Just try to get, get better every day. And your point about evolution is a really good segue, Pia, into our next week's show because we have Dave Clare on the show who is a consultant. He works with leaders and teams. So he knows a lot about this. And one of his, focuses about evolution, how can teams evolve? So I'm really looking forward to building our conversations about how humans and teams can evolve. So um, we'll talk to Dave in the coming week. But that is it for this episode. You can find show notes and resources at squadify.net. Just click on the We Not Me podcast link. If you've enjoyed the show, please do share the love and recommend it to your lovely friends. Also, please do give us a rating on your favorite podcast platform. You can also contribute to the show by leaving us a voice note with a question or a comment. Just find the link in the show notes. We Not Me, as we all know now, is produced by Mark Steadman of Origin FM. And what a legend he is. Thank you so much for listening. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.